for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Well, good morning everyone. It's great to see you. I haven't seen some of you for many, many, many months. For most of you, I saw you last week. <laughs> That's another thing. Um, so it's great to... Uh, Sue said, be online and uh, for you to see what we're doing here. We're looking, as we talked last week, of improving and uh, what we're doing uh, online and so forth. So we're, we're doing new things and it's a challenge and it is, as I was talking about last year, a new uh, season. And uh, we got halfway through what I was looking at uh, last week, a new season, and I'm not going to go back through what I uh, we're speaking on, but I will read the verses that uh, we read last week as an introduction to our subject, and then we'll go forward uh, from there. Uh, just as a matter of interest, put your hand up if you heard what I spoke on last week. Um, okay, there's quite a few, or a number who didn't, so, uh, but it's still online, it's on YouTube. So you can, you can catch up. Uh, we read uh, last week uh, two particular passages of Scripture. One was from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, which will be some verses that you're extremely familiar with. And uh, it says in chapter 3, verse 1, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. To Coronavirus, there is a season. To depression, there is a season. To illness, there is a season. To everything, there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through, it is a season. It's a time. And then we also read from some verses uh, from 1 Chronicles chapter 12. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. When's the last time you read through Chronicles? I asked myself. Uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 12. Uh, and they're just talking about David's army at Hebron. And, uh, the, and uh, the writer talks through what the numbers of the divisions that he had in his army um, and sons of Judah, sons of Simeon, sons of Levi, and so forth, sons of Benjamin, sons of Ephraim. And then it comes to the sons of Issachar, and it says, who had understanding of their times, or of the times. They had understanding of the times. Uh, question, do you have an understanding of the times that we are living in just now. And uh, that's the question that we will be looking at. And um, we looked at last week, but we'll, we'll continue mentioning that. Do you have an understanding of the times? This is a particular season that the United Kingdom, that the Europe, the world, the church, the royal family, the politicians, your family, my family, everyone is living through. And I want to encourage you 
I want to suggest to you, I want to poke and provoke you to maximize the opportunity that you personally are living in at this season, at this time. God gives us opportunities. You will never pass through this season again. Some of you think, I never want to pass through this season again, this virus again. And uh, you may be aware that, you may not be aware if you're not into football, but there's a certain young man over in that corner, he's very aware, being, and one other young, older, slightly older man over there, very aware the football season started, and uh, Liverpool uh, had won the championship premiership just this last uh, few months, uh, almost by default, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, they thoroughly deserved it. Um, but uh, I noticed that the manager was asked um, how he was going to defend the premiership trophy. And I thought his answer was very wise. He says, we're not going to defend it. We're going to go out and attack and win in the new season. And I thought that was very uh, wise, because it's not a time to defend past victories. Whatever's happened in your life up to March of this year is past. Whatever's happens up to the end of August of this year has gone. Whatever victories you've had, they've gone. Whatever problems and situations and weaknesses you had, uh, they've gone. We've entered into a new season. A new season of church, as you can see. A new way of attending church. A new style of church, in a sense. It's a new season. And that means that you have a purpose to everything. There is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. You have a purpose from heaven, a part to play, if you like, in this season right now. And you may be surprised by this, but I actually believe that God wants you to prosper in this season. I'll say that again. I believe God wants you to prosper in this season. Verse 12 and verse 13 of uh, chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, it says, I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. God is a good giver. So in this season that we're living in, this dramatic time, um, I don't want you to start thinking, I could, if I could just get through this season, if I could just survive through this season, I don't want you to survive, I want you to thrive. See, the kingdom is always the opposite of the earthly kingdom. Heavenly kingdom is always the opposite of the earthly kingdom. The earthly kingdom says, just get through it. Just survive. Just drag yourself through this. Just be there at the other side. But I don't believe that's the God's way. I believe God's way is for you to, as a Christian, to thrive through this. Because in John 15, it says, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man or a woman remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. So if during this virus, during this pandemic, during the last six months, you have remained in him, you can and you will bear fruit. 
So we're not looking to survive, we're looking to bear much fruit. We're looking to thrive. You see, we don't, number, our second point I was going to talk about is, number one, don't look to survive, look to thrive. Number two, don't look to endure, look to enjoy. Work is for your enjoyment. I think we're brought up in school that you think you go to school and college and university and you think to yourself, oh, well, I'm going to have to go to work now. After university, well, it's down to work. Work, I believe, is your friend. God looked at his work in the Garden of Eden and said, this is good. It's your friend. It's not your enemy. Isaiah 65, verse 22 says, My elect shall enjoy the work of their hands. I wonder how many of you actually enjoy your work. And when I, I was we were talking to somebody the other day there, and uh, he was saying how much he enjoys his work. And you should enjoy your work. There's many people out there who would like to have a job to go to. The job that you're complaining about and moaning about, they would like your job. And that number is growing week by week. So don't endure. Look to enjoy. Look to bear fruit. Work is your friend. Third point, don't look to just contract. Look to expand. Expand. This is a time, I believe, of expansion. Whatever our circumstances, with God on our side, we can expand. We can expand, we can thrive, we can enjoy, we can expand because we're on the winning side. You've read the end of the book, we win. We are, some of you don't, some of you don't look like winners. <laughs> because, because you just don't get the concept that you've won. It's not you're going to win, you have won. It's like if whatever football team you support, if I was to tell you this morning that at the end of this coming season, your team has won, you would go through the season in a different way. Whatever the problems were, whatever the situations were, whatever the defeats were, you think, well, it doesn't matter because we're going to win the championship. We're going to win the premiership. Our team is going to win. Well, you have won. It's written in God's Word that you win. You win. I'm just saying that again and again so you, somehow you can get it into your heads and into your minds and into your spirit, no matter what your boss says, no matter what your wife says or your husband says or your kids say or even your grandchildren say, you are a winner. And this, this season that God wants us to not just to survive not, but to thrive, not just to endure but to enjoy, not just to contract but not look to expand, in this season, God in, this, in the world... There's ministries being born. There's money being made. People are becoming millionaires through this virus that you and me are just trying to survive. They're prospering. Marriages are going to happen. Engagements are even happening. Babies are going to be born. Life goes on all around the county of Lancashire, all around England, all of the UK. People are moving forward. It's a season for us as a church, for you as families, for us uh, as a community of believers to maximize all that God has put into us, to maximize our gift, to maximize our time, 
the most precious thing that you have is time. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. So what we do with our time is vital, important to maximize our gift, our time, our ministry, our life, our relationships. Maximize our relationship with God, with our family, family time. Maximize the time with other people. Do things for people. Encourage people. Make phone calls. Do emails. Give gifts. I wonder what talents and giftings that we've got in this building. If we were to just compile a big a sheet of paper from that end of the stage to this end of the stage, and I was to start to write down all the giftings and the abilities in this place, we would be amazed. We'd be amazed. And it's time to maximize those gifts so that we can appreciate them, so that we can grow them, so that we can benefit others, so we can benefit ourselves, so that we can nurture relationships in, in your family. I wonder if you're just going through the last six months, just, oh, I'm just trying to hang on. I'm just trying to get through this. If I can just, and, 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 and it's all about me. But when we start thinking of other people, if we start thinking of blessing other people, if we start thinking of giving to other people, suddenly life takes an upturn. Part of understanding the times is to look around and perceive and realize something that Jack, that Susan, Sandy, Linda, Rachel, Morag, whoever, this is your time. I said last week, 1956 to 2000 and something. And then you have the line in between, and the line in between is my time, my season. And what's true of me is true of you. This is your time. Are you maximizing your time? Well, you don't know, Jack, who I live with. They're miserable, miserable. They're moaning and they're groaning and, 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 and they never do anything. I tell them, they never tidy up. But if you would turn that in the other way and start investing in them and start telling them how much you love them and telling them how much you appreciate them and then serve them and, 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 and give to them, you would find that slowly but surely they would begin to mirror all that you do for them. This is your time. I don't know if tomorrow's your time, but I know today's your time. I don't know if next month is your time, but today's your time. I don't know if next season is the season that you think you'll win. If I can just get to my 20s, if I can just get to my 30s, or I can just get to my 40s, then if I get to my 50s, then we'll have the house, we'll have the car. No, you might never hit 50. You might never hit 40. This Right in the middle of this pandemic is our season. This is our time. If we're going to get the job done, we're going to get it done now. If we're going to see people saved, we're going to see them saved now. If we're going to see people healed, we're going to see people healed now. This is our time. What is it our time for? I've written down a few things. Firstly, I think it's the time to repent. Well, you think, repent? That's a sort of harsh word. I think it's time to repent for the wasted times, the wasted seasons, the times that we've put up the barricades and that we've just endured what God wanted us to enjoy. 
We've walked down the street and the sun's been shining, but we've been so full of our issue and so full of our problem, we haven't even noticed that God's given us fresh air. He's given a cloudless sky sometimes. He's given us fresh air to enjoy. He's given us a light. He's given, put us in a family. He's put us in a home. He's given us food. He's given me a job. And yet we've taken all of that, even our children sometimes, for granted. Maybe it's time to repent for the waste and the misuse of our time. Going through the motions. Traveling to work, not realizing that 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes is actually a time not just to listen to Radio 1, 2, 3, or 4. It's a time that we could actually spend with Jesus. It's a time that we could actually hear from the Son of God. That sort of thing. Time to repent. God requires us to give an account of all the seasons. You know, <laughs> talking about football, many managers who at the end of last season had to give an account of why the team didn't do as well as they should have done. God requires an account. Again, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every purpose and for every work. You and I were put on this world for such a time as this. How do you know that, Jack? How I know that is I'm born. How I know that is I'm standing here. How I know that is you're sitting there. All this doesn't happen by accident. You didn't just choose to come to church this morning. It was ordained in eternity that you'd be sitting here right now. It was ordained that you'd be born into the family that you take for granted. It was ordained that you would be born in a place called Preston, or if you were fortunate enough, in Scotland, like Linda and I. And, 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 <laughs> and it, it was ordained that you would be who you are. And God doesn't take you for granted the way you take Him for granted. This is your time, this is your season, this is your opportunity to get out of you all that God has put in you. It's also your time not just to repent, but to restore. David said about restoring the joy of my salvation. God, when He comes into our life, brings joy. And you need to restore joy back into your life. You know, I'll say this. Okay, I nearly never said it, but I'll say it. Now you're all thinking what he's going to say. Some of you I knew when you were students, and you had more joy then than what you have now. Why? Well, I've got these kids. I've got this husband. I've got this wife. I've got this job. I've got these responsibilities. Yeah, I know you've got all of that, but God says he'll still give you joy. What is this joy that he wants to give us that the world doesn't have? Maybe that's worth investigating this week. What's the joy that God wants to give us that the world doesn't have? Because he says he wants to restore, and it's linked to your salvation, restore the joy of your salvation. 
So when you became a Christian, the one thing you had was joy. You were joyful. And God wants to restore that. He's, the, he's into restoration. He's in the business of restoration. That Jeremy 30, verse 17, I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Maybe some of us need to grab that verse and read it every day and pray it every day and thank God for it every day and say, Lord, your word says that you will restore me to health and heal my wounds, and you've declared it. So I'm declaring it. So it's time to repent. It's time to restore, bring things back to its former glory. That's what restoration means. Time to, thirdly, reclaim. Reclaim what the enemy has stolen from you. You know, when locusts gets onto a, a, a plant, it just strips it bare. The stem, everything. The whole thing goes, and you don't recognize what the plant looked like before. Well, I think often that's like us as Christians. That the enemy comes in, either through illness, or through job problems, or through financial problems, emotional problems, physical problems, relationship problems, and he strips away everything that gave us joy before. But I want to give you a verse, a promise, Joel 2.25, I will give back to you the years, some of us have lost decades which were food for the locusts, the plant worm, the field fly, and the worm. God says, I will give you back. I will restore all that you have lost. You thought they took it from you. God says, I'm going to give it back to you. We used to have a phrase, didn't we? Watch out, there's a, a thief about. <laughs> and uh, it used to be an old slogan for advertising. There's a thief active in your area. Well, I have a, I haven't got it up here, but I have an app on my phone that when we're away from our home, it alerts me if someone goes into our home. And any movement in the house at all uh, alerts this app, which alerts me. And don't ask me what I do after that, but I don't, I don't, I don't really know, but I'll, I'll do something. Uh, and, and so uh, we were away this summer with Charlene and Will, and, uh, and in the middle of the night, because what I should tell you is if, if I don't respond to this phone app, then it goes to Charlene very kindly. And after Charlene, it supposedly goes to the police or whatever, I don't know. So anyway, I, I, we're lying in bed, Susan and I sleeping, and uh, Will and Charlene got woken up to this app, because I ignored it, because I was sleeping, of course. And uh, this phone app uh, told Charlene that our house <laughs> was under attack. <laughs> and, uh, you know, potentially somebody was breaking in. And um, so Charlene, being the good daughter she is, she gets out of her bed, she comes through to our room, and, and what, what was the problem was she couldn't wake us. Because we were sleeping, and there was a fan on, and I, <laughs> the burden was hers. And uh, she couldn't wake us. Some of us are sleeping, and there's an attack on your life. There's an attack on your health. There's an attack on your family. 
and you're sleeping like Sue and I were, snoring away. The world's wonderful. All the while, the barn potentially is getting broken into. It wasn't getting broken into. I don't know what a spider or something. I don't know what it was, but it woke up Charlene and Will. But we were fine. <laughs> but some of us are sleeping, and the enemy is attacking, and God is warning you, and I'm warning you, and God's using His Word to warn you. You're under attack, and if it goes on, the locust will strip away everything that's precious to you. So we need to look closer, because the enemy, well, what's the enemy stealing from me, you ask? Well, he's stealing your time, because we waste so much time. We waste our season. We miss our moment. We miss our opportunity. And God wants you to reclaim, take back what the enemy has stolen from you. Your joy, your money, your relationships, your enjoyment of life. So it's time to repent. It's time to restore. It's time to reclaim it's time to renew our vows to God. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their soul, and he was found by them, and the Lord gave them rest all around. 2 Chronicles 15, verse 15. As families, and certainly as individuals, he wants us to get back to our first love in this new season. Why, you, why you've got all these other things that, you, that concern you. He wants for you to renew the precious vows that you made to Him a few seasons ago. And if you do that, you'll have the final R. He will revolutionize your life once again. This season... The world will tell you it's a crisis, the coronavirus crisis. Well, I'm telling you, this crisis is an opportunity. This crisis is an opportunity. Do you know the Chinese, they use two brush strokes to write the word crisis. One brush stroke stands for danger. The other stroke stands for opportunity. not disaster, it's opportunity. It's not a crisis, it's an opportunity. That's why I was telling you, people are getting married, people are having children, people are, are becoming millionaires, people are setting up businesses, all during this crisis. Why? Because it's an opportunity. It's a season of opportunity. Every crisis is an opportunity. Everything that you go through in your life is an opportunity. God, show me my opportunity. In this problem, in this difficulty, in this situation, show me the opportunity. That's why people can make money during a crisis, because they've looked and have seen an opportunity. You're all wearing masks. Or to be a mask manufacturer. Screen manufacturers, cameras. Who had heard of Zoom before, before this pandemic? You understand? There's opportunities. And it's true in our lives. It's not just in business. It's in the church. It's in your families. We've got an opportunity to love one another. 
We've got an opportunity to show love to one another. We've got an opportunity to care for one another. We've got an opportunity to tell your loved ones the things that perhaps you've never told them before. All sorts of opportunities. If you're prepared to repent, if you're prepared to restore and reclaim and renew your vows, this crisis is your season. This crisis is your time. But it's a waking up. It's a waking up. It's a waking up because so often we're in the woods, but we can't see the trees, or we're in the trees and can't see the wood, whatever way you want to put it. We're in the middle of it, our head is down here, and we don't realize what's going on all around us. God wants to revolutionize us because, and this is what I want to get across to you, life is short. You have a season. You have a time. You've only got a certain amount of time to witness to that friend, to witness to that relative, to witness to that workmate. We don't know tomorrow. You've only got a certain amount of time to start that business. You've only got a certain amount of time to write that book, <laughs> Melissa. You will only have a certain abbey, <laughs> only a certain amount of time. So we've got to grab our season, grab our time, and say, why am I here? What has God placed me in the Freedom Center for? What has He placed me in Preston for? I need to rise up, and I need to wake up, I need to get up, and I need to move up. Monday's not another, just, just another day. It's an opportunity. And God wants to prosper you. He wants to give you a hope, and He wants to bless you and give you that funity, that future. And like the Chinese, God wants you to ask him, show me the opportunity in my life right now. Give me a strategy. Give me a mission. Don't let me miss my opportunity to serve the people around me. To everything. Everything. To everything. That means everything in your life, everything in my life, everything in the church life. To everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. This church is our season. Born as a church 17 years ago for such a time as this, as this right now. It's a season for us to thrive. It's a season for us to bless. It's a season for us to love. It's a season for us to encourage. It's a season for us to motivate. It's a season for us to witness. It's a season for us to pray for the sick. It's a season for you to do all that God has placed in you to do. It's a season to thrive. It's not a season to strive. So I want you to just, below your mask, just take a deep breath. And some of us need to take a, a, a deeper breath than others, because some of us have got bigger issues and problems and difficulties than others. But God says, even in the midst of your pain and your agony and your fear and your lack of faith even, God says, you can thrive. You don't need to strive. You don't need to worry. You don't need to fear, because you know what? 
God has us. Boris might not. <laughs> Leader of the Labour Party, Sir Keir, might not. Leader of the Liberal Party, forget his name, might not. But God has us there, right in the palm of your hands. And you came into this building this morning, and you're worried about this and that, and the next thing, and all the other things. And God says, forget all that. That's why we come into his presence with worship, because we come to give him our praise, because in the middle of that worship, there's an anointing comes, and you realize you're a son or a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What better position can you be in? This is your season, and it's your season like Man United, it's the season you're going to win. <laughs> That's a shake of heads going on. <laughs> it's the season we are going to win because we're on the winning side. Father, I thank you for your love and for your grace and for who you are, that you are the winner. You are the winner. Whatever the enemy might say, whatever the enemy might do, he's a loser. Thank you, Lord, that you are the winner and we are on your side. You're not on our side, we are on your side because we choose to be on your side today, right now. We thank you. We make that conscious decision to renew our vows, to repent of the past. And we ask, Father, that you would touch our lives. We offer up the difficulties. We offer up the pain. We offer up the problems. Father, we've begun to worship them begin to give them a higher place than we've given you. Thank you, Father, that as we raise you up, then they become smaller. So we raise you up this morning. We thank you, you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're over every circumstance, every problem, every pain. We raise you up. We thank you who you are and for all that you're going to do in this season in Jesus name Amen Amen For more information about our church or to access more of our resources please visit thefreedomcenter.com